and then Very he yelled Johnson all over the place. Yeah, he, he lioned all over my Johnson. Oh, no. oh that's even worse. <laughs> that's actually that's definitely worse. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, John, no. we'll see. Oh, stop it, boys! Nice. Stop. <laughs>
and the house is always fortified no matter who's yeah, yeah. they're like they're like making like uh like molotov cocktails within hitlow <laughs> forts and throwing them at each other it's like could you two stop for two minutes you're gonna break all the furniture we need On the that. bright side, the house would probably be made of like reinforced concrete, <laughs> so it wouldn't catch spread fire. It's just maybe Dawn like father. The shed is insufficient to defend ourselves. I have done this. <laughs> like Dawn, what are you doing? Like Phineas and Ferb, but they're constantly trying to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, murderous. The neighbors will complain. They're just hearing like throughout the night, siege, fortify, siege, fortify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could just imagine like a prepubescent Perturabo like being relegated to the sh like the, the uh, garage, playing drums moodily, and all the neighbors going, "He's making a lot of noise." And you're like, "He's venting. <laughs> He's very frustrated these days." It's a very you moody teenager. Giant railway cannon the Germans built in World War Two. I'm imagining yeah. like oh, one yeah. of them building that in their backyard for this like little <laughs> fight the they're having. Peering over the garden fence, going. Right there, um, Peter. It's not Peter. All right, Peter. Um, what are you building? None of your business. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> yeah, that's his name, Peter Turbo. Oh my gosh! Look what Peter. Ugh. Look what Peter built today. Ugh. Peter and Ronald. <laughs> Ronald. <laughs> Ronald. Oh, that's a, that's a low yeah. crime. And for the for the last one, uh, the worst Primark to babysit by Crimson Glory. Uh, Rabudi Gilliman, uh, you can't even raid the Emp's liquor cabinet and have your girlfriend over with the little guy sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I do love Gilliman, but that little shit would be a snitch. <laughs> He'd be the least like, father. Like, like, father, it is past bedtime. Go to bed. He'll put himself to bed. With, I guess that'd be convenient. With Korax, it would be at least a little fun being like, where's the baby? And he's actually missing. I'm surprised there's no Conrad on there. He'd be sneaking oh. around in the vents trying to skin your, like, pets alive. I, oh. All the neighbors <laughs> We did have one about Conrad. We had two about Conrad, although they didn't mention skinning, skinning anyone. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Oh, my lord. These people are funny, though. Like, these are actually good answers. Mm. They're not the ones I thought people would pick. 20 subscribers. Thank you, subs. Thank you so much. Very, very cool. Thank you for these. The uh, the question we have for you all, very Dark Angels uh, fitting, is uh, what is the best kept secret in Warhammer? Uh, wrong answers only, please. Uh, hashtag lore lies. Uh, so, for example, as we all know, uh, the Emperor built the Eldar Webway project for some Eldar thitties. That is foul. Yes, that's right. Oh, that's God. right. It's also a TTS joke, so... That's foul. Uh, and... We... Shall now... Begin the tale... Of Lion L. Johnson. So... With that, uh... The questions out of the way, I shall... Pass it on over to Eli... To let us know about... The, uh, for the basic section of Lion L. Johnson... The Primarch of the First. Yeah, buddy. Alright, well, I think Lion is probably... If I had to guess, I'd say he's probably everyone's favorite Primarch on average. Maybe. Really? I think, think so, I, too, yeah. I really? think so. I think Major Kill has had a lot of influence in that, to be fair. Because oh, he yeah, loves the Lion. He's a big Lion simp, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rightly so, but, to uh, be fair. Rightly so. <laughs> that, and also... I feel like Lion is a perfect Ryan Gosling character. He's like he's literally me character. So, I, yeah, he's literally me for real. 
I will say that from what I've seen of the community, that people either love or hate the line. There's definitely yeah, like fair. it's not like um, it's not like Vulcan where everyone loves him. It's not mm-hmm. like Gilliman where people are indifferent or they either love or hate him All to right. an extent. True. No, <laughs> Gilliman's like I they're like either Gilliman. like I like him or he's fine. They're not like I hate Gilliman. That's true. Fair, fair That's enough. True. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe Vulcan's the fan favorite, but it's hard to say. I think Lion's pretty high up there. Uh, he is he is Ryan Gosling from Drive in a Primark though, which is well, <laughs> cool. Um, but anyways, I'll actually talk about the lore. I'm not just gonna, here to make memes all day, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so he's back. It's exciting. He's got his new model, his new rules. Uh, but let's talk about who is this guy uh, in his early life. Obviously, he crash landed on Caliban, one of the probably scariest worlds of all the Primark worlds that were landed upon because where like Fulgrim landed on uh, Pooh Hole where no one can really survive uh, I don't know Vulcan landed on Scary Volcano Planet you can live on Caliban in the environments but it's full of like the most horrifying chaos tainted warped monsters in the entire galaxy all condensed on this one planet so the lion lived in this jungle forest as a little baby boy, uh, somehow miraculously surviving against monsters because he's a Primark, so toddlers, toddler power there, I guess. And I don't know, he lived there for quite a while, I think. He was he was like a young adult almost when they found him. I'm pretty sure, um, or at least like by Primark standards, young adult for Primark is probably like what eight years old or something. I think he spent um, just about a decade, right? Isn't it? Yeah, just about a decade, like with not knowing there was other humans out there. Yeah. Um, so then he would be found eventually by civilization, by a group of knights, uh, with the leader of those knights at the time being Luther, who would then adopt him as his father and quickly become his friend because the fatherhood didn't last that long because he was already kind of old. Uh, but the knights would be very scared of the lion at first, and Luther, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember the exact lion and I couldn't find it, but Luther would remark that the lion was the biggest monster of all of Caliban, and that he scared him more than any monster had ever scared him mm. before. Well, they shot him. They were like, whoops, we shot a child. Oh, he's scary, though. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, he just ate that bullet. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so I guess it's actually kind of like... Uh, this might tilt some people. It's kind of like Liam and Russ's early life, except he wasn't raised by wolves. He was just raised by himself, but <laughs> just feral animal out in the wild found by some bros. Uh, and Caliban was cool because it had they had like uh, STCs or power armor and stuff. I guess I shouldn't get too much into detail. I'm in the beginner section. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, they brought the lion back, and he would quickly shoot up in the ranks of the knightly order that he was part of and already this would make luther salty because he would watch the lion basically achieve everything that luther had worked so hard to do in the span of like a few years that luther had done his entire life because he's a prime market and you know he's always going to be better than you uh but luther would be the voice of the lion because the lion was kind of awkward and he's bad at understanding people and talking to people hence the ryan gosling aspect oh, so he's so he's a warhammer fan yeah. oh lord <laughs> We just attacked our own fans. Christ. I know, that was as much aimed at me as everyone else. Uh, he's, he's literally me. He's oh, literally good save, me. Good save. Oh, thank God. Because we're, uh, I mean, let's be honest, boys. Warhammer fans, we're not the most talkative people out there. No. 
we say that, Eli's getting married. That's true, yeah. It's a demographic. Problem problem with that is I I like to talk to people about Warhammer, but then they just, their eyes glaze over and then they don't want to hear anything about it anymore. Because they're like, I I don't, the thing I get all the time is I don't get it. And I'm like, well, it's like this, 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 this. I'm like, Mm. I don't understand. And it's it's not worth the time. It's hard to... Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Eli. To to, to be fair, the girl I'm getting married to... Sorry about Warhammer on like our first hangout, and one of our first hangouts, she saw me try to eat a hundred chicken nuggets and throw up. So you know, there's there's a limit test. There's a limit. Oh test. my god! And then it, was, <laughs> it must be love. love. <laughs> nom 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 chicken. I, I had to make sure. I had to make sure that she could. Uh, I don't know. She could stick with. Ooh. I'm just imagining just like you, like <laughs> inhaling chicken, and then just being like, "Have I ever mentioned Erebus?" <laughs> just, I like, I like the quote. Is it the quote? Uh, something along the lines of, um, "If you can't have me at my such and such, you can't have me. You can't have me at my worst. You can't have me at my best." Yeah, just you scoffing chicken. Erebus is a, and then at the best, it's just you in your like suit at the wedding. Some good, some good bro advice for for the fellas out there. Tell your. Don't don't hide your hobbies from the girl you like because she's gonna like you whether Overwhelming you have weird hobbies. Or not. <laughs> Which, these are Warhammer <laughs> fans. Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you mean, girl that, that likes them? Hey, what, what are we God. doing? Let's <laughs> not lie to ourselves, boys. Hey, all right. <laughs> oh, the Anyways, line. The line. We should, yeah, we have a topic to talk about, I suppose. Uh, where where was I? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he became uh, basically the leader of the orders. And he would start a ten-year-long crusade against the monsters of Caliban and cleanse the forest, and eventually become Grand Master of the Orders. Which Luther is like, Loki hates this guy, but also loves him because he's his best friend and adopted son. But he's also achieving the uh, Luther's dreams and like dashing yeah, all of his it's, hopes. It's a weird one with him, but we'll go into that a bit later. Yeah. He, he's an interesting character, though. Mm-hmm. And the Emperor comes to Caliban. Uh, Luther, sorry, Lion immediately bends the knee without complaint because he's a big loyal guy. You know, loyalty is its own reward. That's his quote. Um, and the boys come become space marines minus Luther because he's too old, so he gets the Corferon treatment uh, and becomes basically a space marine, but not quite. So in the Great Crusade, Johnson would probably, I think, a lot of the Primarchs agree that he was the best general amongst them uh and one of the best leaders horace was like the only contender with him truly at least uh and he was kind of the only other thought to be the uh the war master but yeah then the emperor chose it was horace. like a kind of i i think it was like if if horace was the sweet like dead center exactly what the emperor wanted on the other side you'd have the lion and on the other you'd have sanguinius and that's kind of the spectrum it's like oh mm-hmm. sanguinius is a bit softy and then the lion is just he's terrible with people and then you have horus <laughs> in the middle you know yeah the perfect triumvirate yeah i think sanguinius was kind of like lion's only friend of the primarchs he didn't really talk to anyone he's kind of brooded in the corner and well, ran away from girls well. when they typical oldest brother syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I didn't even know that. I guess he was. He is the first Primarch. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, he made the Dark Angels. He named them the Dark Angels after a myth from Caliban. The little thing there. Uh, where was I? Where was I? <laughs> um, but yeah, he he reunited the Legion because I'm pretty sure they were spread out through the galaxy. Uh, he united the Hexagrammaton. And that thing, and he made them all work together. 
<laughs> it's not yeah it's not as big nowadays but it was big for them ten thousand years ago mm. uh, but he took like a he took a ton of victories in the emperor's name he was like the tactical genius of the prime marks and a very good duelist as well people get salty if you don't say that he's the best duelist so he's one mm. of the best duelists but it's not anyways <laughs> um but yeah he wasn't very happy when the emperor chose horus and this kind of sparked some pride in him whereas a lot a lot of the victories he was taking i think a lot of it was because he wanted to be war master so he was it was more of doing it to try to like prove himself than he was doing it to like make the imperium better if that makes mm. sense that yeah, might not like, be completely based well, in logic, but... If, I think it's like, of all the Primarchs, he was the only one who actually was like, I will take the mantle. Like, Horus was a bit, oh, I guess I'm the guy for the job, but I don't mm -hmm. Sanguinius didn't really want to be, like... Lion was like, dress for the job you want. I'm wearing all this armor, look at my big sword, I am the War Master. I want to be the War Master, more than anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, so, anywho, uh, the probably the most important part of the Crusade for him was in negotiations with the Sarushi people. Uh, they were allegedly going to become part of the Imperium, but they were just trying to trick the Lion to assassinate him with a nuclear bomb on their ship. <laughs> Uther seized the bomb, and with Zahariel, I think is his name, the librarian. That's the one, and yeah. Luther, for a little bit, is like, you know what, maybe I'll just let it happen. And then he's like, you know what, maybe I won't let it happen. That's not so great. What am I thinking? And so they get rid of the bomb at the last moment and save the Lion, but uh, Johnson's not pleased. He sends Luther back to Caliban to watch it over and train new recruits. So he kind of censures him because, you know, he basically almost let him die. So you can't really trust him that much anymore. Uh, so Luther's unhappy about that, but it's not the complete breaking of their relationship yet. He also fights with Lehman Russ and starts a 10,000 year long rivalry from that. So good job. They have a little <laughs> brawl. Lion wins, albeit by uh, not overly fair means, but he does still win. Anywho, uh, after the crusade, I guess we're going into the horse heresy. It's basically just Lion fighting the Night Lords for like eight years eight or whatever. Years. Yeah. And in the Thramas Crusade, which is when the Night Lords go and fight the Dark Angels forever, uh, the he does duel the Nightler. He does duel Conrad Kurz multiple times. The first time he actually, uh, I'd say he loses. Uh, oh yeah, because he has to be. Yeah, he loses, and is saved by what's his name, Corswain. Corswain, the paladin, who rams his sword through Conrad's back, and then both forces have to take their Primarchs back because they're both mortally wounded. The imagery uh, of that, by the way, is hilarious in the book. I love it. It, yeah, it's like a little, like a little toddler, it, like holding onto an adult's back. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when you have like two groups of people out on a night out, and two of them get in a fight, and their mates are just dragging them from the foot. It's like, oh, forget <laughs> you, you're stupid, and then they're just like pulling them away, like these small, mm. like especially with how tall they would be, just these like short. <laughs> by their standard space means going come on dad he's not worth it he's not worth it <laughs> literally like two dads fighting with their children like trying to assist <laughs> but but in a in a in a cool law way not just love that with warhammer though like we're space marines when it's just space marines you think wow they're these big imposing giants and then when a primarchs involves like these little guys and you're like what that doesn't make any sense little silly fellas <laughs> and course way but... holding on for dear life just like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, they fight for a while more, and then the lion decides, you know what, I'm just going to kill them, and then destroys the quarter of the Night Lords 
and mortally wounds Kurz in this like Giga Chad move. Uh, but Kurz escape. Well, Kurz is healed, I guess, by Sevatar, kind of. And then they go back, and Kurz stows away on the Lion's ship and just starts trolling for a while and just like killing random people and running around as the lion plays cat and mouse with him. Then they go to McCraig. Uh, lion becomes Lord Protector of Imperium Secundus. Yep. And the, he finds Kurz after Kurz trolls some more on McCraig. Or just throughout all of Ultimar, I think. Or just McCraig, I don't remember. Uh, I haven't read the book. <laughs> not gonna lie. Um, and then, yeah, he finds him, but he spares him because Kurz, he doesn't want to mess with the future. He becomes his jailer. Uh, because of this, the Dark Angels don't really go to Terra uh, at all. They don't really fight. They don't get to join in in the big fight in the end. And they return to Caliban, where Luther has been up to no good, truly. And all of a sudden, a million billion Dark Angels are on the other side. <laughs> And they just fire upon the Dark Angels the moment they get back to Caliban. And now the Dark Angels are fighting the Dark Angels. And who's traitor? I don't know. Are the Dark Angels traitors? I don't know. Kind of sketchy. If half your legion are a traitor, are you, if 50% of you is traitor, does that make you a traitor? I don't know. I don't know. That's where, that's, that's where all the memes come from, I guess. Mm. Uh, but then Luther mortally wounds the lion and gets captured, and the Fallen gets scattered throughout the warp, and the lion goes to sleep for 10,000 years, and now he's awake. The end. Hell yeah. The end. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> now, now we get uh, Tywin Lannister in his green armor, <laughs> trudging... Was over. Tru we have won. Trudging all aggressively at us. Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone here seen uh, Pride and Prejudice, by the way? This, is a, this, this will be relevant, I swear. Can't say I have to be no, able there's, to. there's a moment where Mr. Darcy like walks across like an open field, and it's meant to be a moment where... Where is he's, this going? No, no, he's walking like... So no, 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 Chelsea, Chelsea, hold on. And then Mr. Darcy came. Hold the thread, hold the thread, hold the thread. He's walking across a field towards uh, whoever like the female characters in the end, and there's a bit where he's just walking like aggressively, and there's like a shot where I thought, that's exactly the movement of like the lion's model right now, it's just him just like strolling, <laughs> and his hairline is just blowing back aggressively too. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I have congestion, so I feel like I'm mumbling, so I apologize to the viewers. That's okay, man. Not, oh, good. Didn't understand all the way. I will say, though, that uh, Jadonon has a very funny video of the Watchers in the, in the dark. Catching oh, yeah. Eyes. <laughs> the knife emoji, ear emoji. He did what? He did what with a what? He did what with a what? Galaman! He did what with a what? <laughs> oh, we love his channel. Anyways, off to off to Andy to uh, enlighten us. Could I go ahead? Could I, oh yeah, sorry. I, something that like I want to confirm before I make my stupid comment. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the lion like kind of fights instinctually, right? Or it's like it's almost like he's reacting to blows by pure instinct. Like I've learned, like fighting. Like I'm at, like I'm asking. I've read. Has is this? I, I guess it's similar to like how Paterabo just intuitively knows how to design things. The lion intuitively knows how to kill things. I guess. I, I it's something more innate within him. I think. Yeah. Than more. Well, you like that? That's kind of like his primark ability. Like his. Yeah. Like his fights at an instinctual level almost. Mm -hmm. It guess it makes sense. I suppose it's like if it's the one that all they follow from, and he's the first one that all the Astartes come from. It's like I want a good fighter. 
that's important yeah. you know <laughs> i want to i want to see artwork of the lion going ultra instinct now yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i might have something commissioned like he, like he goes like like he goes to fight angeron and he gets you know wrecked because it's demon angeron and then and then a violin just starts hammering away in the background <laughs> his hair goes white anything jojo jojo reference in there please yeah. If Gilliman mm -hmm. beats Magnus and Mortarian, and then the Lion loses his Primark fight, I won't believe it. To, to be fair, Gilman had health, help and a, a lot of help. It is true. It's, it is true. The Gilman Emperor died himself. when he fought Mortarian. <laughs> technically. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. I'm just a salty chaos player. Let's be honest. It's, Wait, <laughs> that's my favorite moment in that Gilliman fight, where there's someone points out. I always thought, why do people dislike the the Gilliman Magnus like refight? And someone said, in the book it says, and then Gilliman yells a roar. And then someone said, wait, aren't they in the vacuum of space? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. Mark lungs are stronger. He can, be he, he's been shot into space and survived. He could do it, I, I suppose. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Logan Grimnar has beat Magnus, so he doesn't really have the best track record. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harry, Logan Grimnar is also the most OP character well. in all of lore, probably, though. I think. Whoever wrote Logan Grimnar's lore was just freaking loves that guy. <laughs> do you know... Do you know Herrick as well in the 31st, I think it's the 31st, no. 31st millennium, when Magnus assaults the Fang and it's just this guy who's the current Great Wolf and he just deck uh, he gets killed, but he like massively Oh, I know it's one, Magnus. yeah. The authors <laughs> who wrote guy. Space Wolf lore just made it to make anti-Space Wolf people <laughs> seethe and like be so angry. <laughs> it works. <laughs> but Colin loves Space Wolves, what are you talking about? Yeah, he, yeah. It's, it's, it's the most knowledgeable chapter. Oh, even he's gonna fight about them. He loves them. <laughs> I'm coming to Canada. <laughs> he's just gonna fight. He's gonna fight. Oh, the lion! The lion! The lion! <laughs> yes. Any other questions, comments, concerns before Andy takes it away? I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm eager. Lion, I, why are you lion? Why are you always lion? All right. Okay. Sorry, right, right. Vine reference right, there. Right, 2013. Right, right. <laughs> right. We're cutting it short, guys. We're not doing the expert section today. Oh my um, god. No. So let's start from the beginning then. So Lion L. Johnson, before we mention the 40k side of things, I'd just like to mention uh, when we did our first Primarchs video, uh, Hal mentioned the origin of some of the characters from the 40k universe. And Lion L. Johnson is based on the uh, English poet known as Lionel Pijo Johnson. And he was born in 1867. And in 1893, he published a poem called Dark Angel. Wink, wink. Um, a little bit more about this guy. He died of a cerebral hemorrhage when he was 35 at the Green Dragon Pub on Fleet Street in London. Oh. Um, and that's the origin of the Dark Angels and Lionel Johnson to an extent, at least the, the naming convention, which is like a little fun little fact. I'm glad. Uh, uh, my, my... Oh, go ahead, Colin. Go ahead. I just did not know that's how he passed away. Jeez. Yeah, he was he was not old. Um and he, he, he knew Oscar Wilde. He was his friend, and then he wasn't because he was a Catholic and there was some kind of dispute. Um but I thought at the end of the uh when I do all the lore I might also read out the poem Dark Angel, just as a little like reference to the origins of uh of the Lord of the First and his naming. That'd be cool, uh, yeah. I just thought that'd be quite cool. Because I've got it here anyway. And I will have I will warn you now there are quotes for each of you as we go. So let's do it. All right. So 40k lore-wise, he grew up on the feudal death world of Caliban. Now, Caliban was teeming, and I mean absolutely rife, with beasts. And we're not talking about, you know, 
pandas. We're not talking about kangaroos. We're talking about 10 foot tall uh, dog leopards, anything you could imagine. Because they're not just creatures, they're chaos spawned crazy creatures. Like imagine, uh, imagine, let's say, uh, what are they called um, from Ice Age? The big cats, the saber-toothed cat. Like imagine yeah, a saber-toothed cat, but it's also got like spikes jutting out of its spine and seven claws, and that's kind of the average beast you might find on Caliban. They're very bad. Are you telling me and Diego so from Ice Age Diego is on Caliban? Caliban <laughs> what a cameo! Yo, um, where's the baby? Anyway, so <laughs> when when the lion was a baby, or at least very young, he was spirited to Caliban. Uh, the humans of the world were like cyberpunk knights of the round table. They had power armor, although it wasn't like space marine power, it wasn't sealed to survive space. They didn't have, as far as I'm aware, ships to leave the planet. They lived in, you know, castles and fort they, they, they lit places with candles rather than bulbs. They had pistols similar to bolters, but they couldn't figure out how to make a car. So they used horses. It's so cool. It's a weird thing, but it it kind of is it's very fun. It's to to play with it's the probably, idea of like. Go ahead. Ooh, it's, it's probably my favorite, uh, like Primark population. Mm. They're freaking they, cool. Yeah, pretty cool because it's like that kind of. It, it could only really work in forty k, maybe a handful mm. of other franchises in that regard. Um, I feel like there's a joke here though, which is like, how many <laughs> nightly orders does it take to put on a light bulb? Change a light bulb. All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Lord. Well, these knights were known as the Order, and there was also another band. The second largest band of knights was called the Knights of Lupus. And one day, a band of Order knights were, you know, trying to cull the beast to defend their little village. And they come across this 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 young man. Uh, I've seen art depictions where he's like a teenager. I've heard some people say he was like a toddler. It's hard to say, but Lionel Johnson had already for a while in somehow killing the creatures that stalked the forest because he was living in that like he literally crashed on the planet and was like right gigantic monster kill it with a rock or something i don't know when he's like two years old and he's about four feet tall um they they find this this guy and they shoot him because they're scared like like you mentioned earlier luther and the other knights are petrified beyond belief about this this guy more so than the the creatures that you know eat the settlement people that they're used to and Lufa looks into his eyes and he goes, "Hang on, this is a this is this is a feral child." And Sar Lufa was a well res res respected. He was probably the most respected knight in Caliban. He was like the local legend. Everyone knew Lufa. Everyone loved Lufa. And he said to himself, "We're going to take this kid in because he's obviously got some promise as a warrior. If he's been able to survive out here, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take him under our wing, and I will raise him as his foster father." Now. As he took in the lion, he taught him speech, he taught him to write, he taught him how to use a sword, and eventually the lion would grow very quickly into a extremely powerful warrior. And Sar Lufa was already a really capable fighter, but the lion was something else. Now what happened subsequently to this was he started to get a bit of recognition among the settlements, he drove out some of the beasts, and eventually Lufa would be would be he would he would talk with the lion and the lion would say i'm i'm fed up of these these beasts how about we kill them all and if it went oh that's a that's a that's a tall order um we haven't thought about that that hasn't come up before yet surprisingly yeah, yeah. well the thing is they, they they hadn't done it before because 
I think the idea of them fighting that they're, they're, they're just getting by but already with the lion in their ranks they're like oh we're pushing them out the we're, we're starting to reclaim some of the forest just around our settlement wasn't it and, also just a little bit because obviously there was more than one knightly order but obviously oh, yeah. the order was like that's like the cool that's the cool kids club and everyone yeah, was yeah. like and they i think all the orders started to work together more didn't they because well, yeah. the lion's a unifying figure yeah yeah and and eventually they start to they talk with some of the other orders of knights and the lion goes all right lufa i want to i want to enact a crusade i want to band all of us humans together we'll go out there on force and we will kill every beast in the forest there is now the lion as we've already mentioned is not very good at oration but lufa great spokesman great diplomat very very good wordsmith and so combined lufa and the lion they, they group all the knights together and say here's our plan we're gonna go kill the the beast it takes them a few years but eventually the lion leading the knights of the order and with some aid from the knights of lupus they kill every one of the beasts more or less however uh, and among them they slay one of the only two Caliban lions on the planet are killed by the lion, and Eli mentioned him, Zahariel El Zarias. He killed the other one. So they had these two legendary creatures in the wilds. They killed both of them. Um, you know, RSPCA, the- uh, World World Wildlife um, WWE, they'd be shocked. Hmm. Um, also, for uh, for people listening, uh, if you're new to Warhammer, they're not actually lions. They are like the, hmm. the lions. Yeah, the best term yeah, for it. Yeah. They are humongous. <laughs> like beast of fang and claw like the the a lion would be a nice <laughs> enemy to fight compared yeah, to this thing like manticores right yeah. i think so yeah it's Look, uh, about the size of sith from the dark souls game the uh the right. wolf with the sword oh like good the reference <laughs> there there, there you yeah. go god loves i love me some dark souls oh, i mean lion does give off some artorias vibes so it fits mm. Ooh, he's a he's a valiant warrior fighting the abyss just replace yeah. abyss with chaos mm. plagiarism is he left-handed though that's the big thing isn't it in dark souls he's uh the sword is on your left hand which is weird because most of the other stuff is right-handed in game but then again his other arm's broken so that well yeah he had a shield that's <laughs> just also yeah his arm kind of got broked and I like how in Dark Souls, if you equip it in the left slot, it has a different weapon set than the right. Like if oh, you have yeah. it in the right hand, did you can't do a that. special move. And then if you put it in the left oh, hand, you can do this like jumping spinny attack. Little can, details. Can you um, get the, you know, the broken one and the reforged one? Wasn't it like one of them had like part of the uh, cross guard broken off and no one had like a fixed maybe? version? This is this is a while back. This is 2011. <laughs> this is a while back for us. I think it made a re- recurrence in Dark Souls 2 as well as a different weapon name, but... It yeah. did come back in three as well. Oh, nice! You like that? I, I love me Dark Souls. Anyway, um, so yeah, Artorius, Artorius's tragic story behind us. Uh, so then the lion, with the Knights of the Order, they managed to slay every beast, practically on Caliban. However, the Knights of Lupus, the the next biggest order of knights, were trying to tame the beasts and utilize them to kill the beast. They were basically trying to to harness the beasts and the lion took one look at this and went nah mate if you're going to get rid of the this 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 corruption you have to kill it at source you can't manipulate it which is very in keeping with what he would do in the future by rejecting chaos and going now you can't you can't have a little sip of it nah nah you have to you have to abstain you have to be sober from the from the call of chaos and 
eventually the Knights of Lupus would be wiped out by the Lion and the Order. They would kill them to a man. And shortly after, some Astartes sent by the Emperor would discover Caliban. Specifically during 846.M30, the Emperor would meet with the Lion. The Lion would be installed as the leader of the First Legion, which he would dub the Dark Angels, named after a myth of Caliban legend, also referencing the poem. And with that, I would like to go through our first quote of the episode. Uh, does anyone Ooh. does anyone want to flex their Malkador uh, muscles? I don't think I'm very good at Malkador, but I can give it a try. <laughs> uh, is that all right, boys? Should I give it a go? Yeah, by all sure. means. Uh, I'll probably read it a little bit straight. So, <clears throat> <laughs> of all the Primarchs, save perhaps Mortarian. Lionel Johnson stands apart. Partially this is due, partially this is due to his taciturn nature. A brooding silence hangs over him at all times. Yet there is something more, something buried beneath his noble exterior. Perhaps this is a result of his upbringing, growing to maturity alone in the monster-ridden forest of Caliban. Even at a council of war, the lion moves like an apex predator. He is always watching, always planning, always hunting. He unnerves even his brothers. Very nice. Damn, Malkador. He's a yeah, big fan. Nice. <laughs> He's very Orphorian as well. He's very much the, um, the, the Merlin to the lions, well, to the emperors, I suppose, um, King Arthur, to an extent. The wizened old man with the, the strange hood. Anyway. So, continuing on from there, the Lion would then take his Knights of the Order and they would undergo the surgeries to become Astartes of the Legiones Astartes. The Dark Angels had already accrued a reputation during the Great Crusade because, like their namesake would suggest as the first, they were the first Legion to be put to, to culling the enemies of the Imperium across the stars. They had incredibly powerful weapons from the dark age of technology they had developed the hexagrammaton which was six different um what would you call them organizations within the legion which specialized in different acts of war um and at the time because there were no other legions for a time they wouldn't be called the first they would be called the angels of death or the six hosts oh um, that's kind of cool because that's obviously again for like new people the angels of death is kind of the nickname for all space marines now isn't it mm. it's like a yeah. kind of reoccurring theme uh th did it come from the dark angels then yep yes, it is, um, they 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 even had like um i'll see if i can find an image uh to send for this part of the episode but there was actually an image of what their like banner used to look like and it's like a skeleton with a cowl and everything and began again because the emperor was this monolithic figure they were known as his angels of death because they would descend from the heavens and they would kill you. Um, so, they, yeah, that's where the... It, it also, I suppose, was easy for them. Like, oh, we've already got half the name in our new name. That's easy. Won't take long to, won't take long to remember that. Did it come from um, the part where uh, the Thunder Warriors... I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead here. Uh, the Thunder Warriors got culled, didn't they? they and did. I think I think it might have been then when they were called angels of death. I might be totally wrong. This is probably a law well, crime. They, but. they were involved, because again, they were the only Legion to start with. They were the ones who first started culling the Thunder Warriors alongside possibly Alpharius in their midst, according to his knowledge. And the Custodes, and they, they were... And Valdor, yeah. They were, 
Yeah, and they were the ones that Ushatan, the Primarch of the uh, Thunder Warriors, referred to as, they fight like they're constipated, which is one of my favourite lines in 40k. Because um, they fought like wolves, didn't they? That's like the... Because mm. they said like the Thunder Warriors fought like bears. Bears? Yeah. Bears. But the, <laughs> the French bear. <laughs> the bear. Uh, but the Astartes, they were a little smaller, but they would oh, attack yeah. them in groups, and they would tear it like a, literally like wolves tearing down a bear. That's really mm. cool. Um, Eli's already mentioned that the uh, one of the first compliances of the Dark Angels with the lion at their helm would be the Siroshi people. Um, they they came to the the Imperium with open arms, saying, "Yes, let us join your flock." Ha ha ha! Have you met our gods? And then the White Scars has already been trying to like sort things out, and they 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 basically threw their hands up and went to the Dark Angels, like, "Look, these guys are weird. We're bouncing. Can you sort it out?" And the lion went to see what was going on. Turns out they were worshipping the ruinous powers. Uh, they didn't know that at the time. They snuck a nuke on board the uh, Dark Angels flagship known as the Invincible Reason and tried to blow everyone up. And the thing was, like like Eli said before, uh, Lufer at this time is now... He's gone from being the big cheese of Caliban to, like, the soft brie. He's he's still respected. Oof. There you go. It's tough. He's, That's <laughs> he's still respected. Everyone still likes him, but he's now, he's been usurped in his renown by his adoptive son, which is weird because he started out as his father. Now he's more like a brother and he's also a subordinate. So he's he's had this massive dynamic shift in his personality with how he treats himself with the Lion and the Legion. Um, Luther's also got a bit of a inferiority complex with regards to how he became an Astartes in quotes. Because, like Eli mentioned, similar to Corferon, he was too old to become a proper Astartes. So they just did these surgeries on him to make him kind of like diet Astartes, like Astartes liked. You know, it's, you know. Diet Astartes. Yeah, he's, he's a bit shorter. He's not quite as strong. He's still a really powerful and capable warrior. But, he, you know, th those two characters in particular, Lufa and Corferon, you see the two dynamics where Corferon is treated like. He doesn't deserve the position of being first captain and he's just an old fool and luther it's more like oh he's like oh we respect him he's like our father figure but he's kind of he's not as strong as the rest of us but we respect him and that's quite an interesting dynamic in 40k that no other characters really have for the most part um there aren't many i can think of who've had that not quite an astartes transition um I imagine. No, our Jack Rockfist, but that's the 41st millennium. He's built like a brick shit house, <laughs> so it doesn't count. <laughs> I imagine it really like, you know, King Leonidas and the Spartans, except mm. at, you know, at the hot gates, Hercules is there. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh, no one's going to pay attention to Leonidas because Hercules is right there. I imagine it's like hit that with him on the line. It's like someone got a bit upstaged. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, Poor Luther, though, because he, he would have been like, a man of legend if the like, of his time if yeah the lion hadn't been there there is a there is a passage in one of the books that says he would have been the single most important in person in caliban's history if it wasn't for the lion so he he, he permanently lived in the lion's shadow at the peak of his prime um which is a bit sad but then again brah you got to like travel the, the stars you got some cool armor chill out uh you've got a nice goatee why ruin things okay um so they find this bomb aboard their ship and and Lufa divers he goes uh and and because he takes a while to figure out he's, what he's going to do zahari will eventually he's with him he says 
bruh, we need to kick this off the ship. They kick it off the ship, and it's close enough to damage the ship and cost some lives, do some damage. If they'd have just chucked it out straight away, it would have been free and clear, no damage, no problems. And that's kind of why the lion is annoyed at Lufa, because he's like, old man, you knew about the bomb. How come it took you so long to kick it out of the... Out of the, out of the um, why did you hesitate? Uh, yeah, why did you hesitate, like, kicking it out the front door? Um, and so for his lapse of judgment... Uh, Zahariel, Lufa, and 200 Astartes of the Dark Angels as punishment would be sent to be garrisoned on Caliban and oversee the recruitment of new Astartes, which is why there's so many fallen in the future, because they were recruiting them. And Lufa is very good at running things. He's he's like a mini Gilliman in that regard. He's got a he's good, good oration, good organization. He's a good leader. He's respected. So he, he, he got loyalty down and that's why there's so many fallen. Um, it's fun. Imagine if, like, replace one of the and I don't know some magical pretend 40k, replace <laughs> like one of the traitor primarchs like Fulgrim. No offense, Eli. I know Fulgrim's cool. I like him too. Where? Not not very helpful towards the end of the heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine replace like Fulgrim with like Luther as a primarch. Mm. It'd be like, wow, they have actually a lot more stuff going for him now. Mm. Luther's yeah, actually yeah. awesome. It's just a shame he wasn't born the son of God. Imagine <laughs> if if the lion and Gilliman swap places, and the lion was raised Ooh. by Connor and Luther raised Gilliman. Oh. I have an interesting. I want to ask Colin about this comparison because I don't know if it's right, but maybe Emperor Justinian or and uh, the commander oh. Belisarius from history. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, like Justinian of the Byzantines. Yeah, because General Belisarius is kind of yeah. that, like, he was the more, like, impressive character, even though Justinian was emperor, and there's kind the of... emperor. There's kind of a relation. I saw, like, the sort of similarities there, where uh, even though, like, Justinian's technically, like, the one in... They have, like, a similar... Oh, yeah, because uh, Belisarius took Rome back for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, he, like, uh, defended... I mean, he was all over the place, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he had, like, a decorated history, and then Justinian's just sitting there in Constantinople being like, come on, poke the bear. Like, I'm come on. Emperor. Come on, do stuff. <laughs> Con- uh, that, that might be a connection, but I feel like that also might just be a coincidence in this case. Uh, you're right, 20 Primarchs. Some of them are going <laughs> to... Some of them are going to come across as having this connection, but I, that is... If it is a coincidence, that is a very interesting one. I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool comparison. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is, that oh. is, bit of history there for you, brothers. <laughs> very okay. neat. Thank you. Well, continuing on, um, so the lion then continued the great crusade, leading the first legion, and over time, Lufen got more. Lufen, Lufa got more and more resentful because all he ever heard was, "Oh, the lion's done this cool campaign. And he won. Oh, the emperor patted the lion on the head. Oh, look, the lion. The lion's so cool. That's all he ever heard while he was stuck on Caliban, like twiddling his thumbs, going, "I want to be about out there doing my own glories. I want to. I want to bring honor to the chap uh, to the legion." I do have couldn't. a question. The lions, obviously, this is the Great Crusade era. You know, two hundred years of fighting. Did the lion? Because his personality is quite mysterious. Obviously, this is like most of the stories always told from like Luther's side. Is the lion like quite prideful of his victories? Because obviously, Horace was very much like, "Oh, my victories." But yeah, I never. I mean, it's hard to read the lion. I think, I think he saw himself is... as above everyone. Basically. Oh yeah, he was, in, he was on a whole other level. So he yeah, like he, he was really the big brother of the Primarchs. He was the one like I set the tone, I set the pace. 
that's why he was so annoyed when the Legion, he got given the Legion, they were scattered everywhere, because he's like, you were supposed to be, like, the biggest, ballsiest Legion, and now you're all over the place, and he had to, like, group them together and go, right, boys, let's start from the beginning again, let's let's do it properly. And, um, again, his bid to become War Master shows his personality of, he wants to be the one who, he doesn't want to be Emperor, but he wants to be the one who gets things done and is, like stoic stalwart defender of humanity the guy who goes out there and kills all the things that mean harm to humanity um it's funny because uh just very briefly the uh yeah. the only parts i have read of the lion like is there was the book where it's his primark book where he speaks to the emperor mm. and even though he's not necessarily ambitious he uh like his conversations with the emperor are really interesting like if you're new to warhammer again like all the Primarchs are generally considered uh, considered like uh, facets of the Emperor. The Lion, when they when they talk, they don't, actually don't speak much because generally they're thinking the same thing and it's really eerie. Yeah. They, they're considered, in temperament, the Lion is closest. He doesn't really look like the Emperor. Mm. Apparently, Lorgar does, but he has no yeah. hair because he's, he's evil and bald. <laughs> but, um, the, he, got that, um, he got that cultious alopecia. The, the Lion's <laughs> definitely got that... Uh, that like Niccolo Machiavelli style uh, mm. leadership of you know cruel when I have to be, and then he's very dutiful. Yeah, he's most emperor like, but I don't really know mm. what that really even means to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and he's very good at war. Of all the Primarchs, he's one of the best at war. Uh, so good that whenever he did joint campaigns, he would usually flare up the egos of his brothers because he's known... He, like the, the, the lion doesn't have a sense of humour. He is very serious. He doesn't crack jokes. He isn't. He hates any attacks on his pride. Like For example, we men, uh, Eli mentioned a little while ago, um, on the, on the, uh, the, the planet of Doolan... Uh, Lehman Russ and the Lion joined their legions, the Space Wolves and the Dark Angels, to bring the world into compliance. Now, the planetary governor of Doolan called Lehman Russ a name of some sort. We don't know exactly what it was. He just said, oh, look, a smelly wolf or something. And this really annoyed Lehman Russ. And so he, he vowed to kill him himself. So they staged this big siege. They get to the, the headquarters of this planetary governor. Lehman Russ kicks in the doors, only to find the Lion has just cut his head off already. And... Russ is really annoyed because he was like, "Bruh, I told that brother, I told you I was gonna. That you stole kill steal, kill steal." He did that Call of Duty thing. Mm -hmm. uh, he got the assist, and so the two of them had a brawl <laughs> in the uh, planetary governor's like fortress, and it lasted an entire day uh, of them just like hitting each other with their swords, then punching each other, blah blah. blah. And then eventually Lehman Russ kind of goes, ah, I'm going to have a laughing fit because look how silly this is. Here we are, the sons of the emperor, and we've been reduced to having a punch up. And then the lion goes, oh, is that, are you, are you taking the piss? And he just decks him <laughs> while the lion's distracted. He's just mocking him. He knocks him out. And then he just goes, right, we're leaving straight away. So when the lion, uh, when, when, when the wolf king wakes up, the dark angels have already gone. He's like, what? What is this? And that's why... Whenever um, the Dark Angels and the Space Wolves meet up, they appoint a champion and they have an honor duel as a, as a mark of respect to the one done by their Primarchs all those years ago. He's, he's an honor-bound warrior who punches his friends over his pride. He really is just a mm -hmm. Saiyan, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like we mentioned, um, he was a candidate for Warmaster. He was one of the three obvious picks, but... 
He didn't get the job because he has no charisma. He he is not good with people. And when it comes to ruling the Imperium, Horus was renowned not just for his ability as a general with the most like the most venerated legion, but he was also good with people. Whether it was Astartes, Primarchs, or the lowliest serf, he was always good to people. And so um, that's why he didn't get the job. And for the remainder of the Great Crusade leading up to the Horus Heresy, there's not much about what he did. But um, when the Horus Heresy did kick off, Horus knew he had to keep the Dark Angels away as long as possible. The Dark Angels and the Ultramarines were by far the biggest threat to the Horus Heresy failing. So of all the priorities the War Master had, he had to stop the Lion and the Dark Angels getting anywhere near his rebellion. What was the... Because... So, um, wasn't it like the Dark Angels were... Is he more afraid of Gilliman, Horus, technically, because he has the largest legion? He has the biggest empire, yeah. Also, also and the, the Dark Angels got the, reduced, didn't they, because of the uh, Rangdan? Well, the Rangdan Xenocides, yeah. Great, great crusade. But also, yeah, they, but also before the Lion um, reunited with his legion, they got a bit big-headed and they, they, they took casualties and then they would like throw themselves into the fray out of pride and... That was kind of the big problem with the Dark Angels. They were by and far, by and large, the most powerful legion right from the gate. And then their pride just whittled them down until the lion, the lion got in charge and went, Oi, stop that. It was, I say, and, and kind of rallied them to properly be a legion again. Kind of like um, um, like knight, what a knight's pride is. Like, as in a, like hmm. a slight has to be answered. Kind of un- ironically like Lehman Russ a bit there. But that's probably where <laughs> they wouldn't back down in war obviously there's you you don't stay in a situation where you're losing mm-hmm. or you know sometimes you need to retreat whereas the dark angels are a bit more like yeah they would just jump that. into the meat grinder and be like we do not fail we will win no matter the cost they do win but um, they <laughs> oh yeah cost a lot yeah and they had the best gear as well they had they had all the all the best toys and uh it got to their head um so yeah during the horus heresy the 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 the, the timeline states that the lion figured out what was going on with the heresy just after Istvan Free? So Istvan Free happens, Horus culls all the loyalists within the ranks of the Sons of Horus, Empress Children, World Eaters, and Death Guard. And then the you know the news gets out that Horus has betrayed the Imperium. So the Lion first goes to uh, Diamat, and he goes to secure these Ordinatus weapons platforms. There's three of them. And these are really, 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 really big machines of war that could turn the tide of a war. And he goes, we need these to to stop the traitors right out the gate let's get these off the board uh unfortunately he's he's met with the primarch of the iron warriors perturabo and perturabo goes oh hey this betrayal figure (laughs) that's crazy right um i always knew you should have been war master yeah he goes you know what you should have been look at this disgrace that horus has turned out to be i always said you should have been war master i've got an idea how about you give me the ordinatus weapons I'll use them, you know, you, you've got to go and face Horus. I can put them to better use in the in the back lines, you know. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. So the Lion gives him the Ordus, Ordinatus weapons because the, the Lord of Iron promises to endorse him as the War Master when the Emperor inevitably wins and promotes a new Primarch to the rank of War Master because the Lion believes, he, he, he naively believes, oh, the Emperor's just going to kill Horus and I'll be the new War Master. And that's all that's going through his mind at the time. Um... So the Iron Warriors go to Istvan V with the Ordinatus weapons. They don't use them there, but they keep hold of them while the Dark Angels, you know, muster at Diamat and they attempt to go to Holy Terror 
to reinforce the, the throne world until they are trapped, um, I believe, by the Ruin Storm. Now, I've got another quote here, and this is from the lion's own mouth. Uh, Eli, Colin, which of, uh, which of you would like to say this one? Uh, I can take it unless Eli, you're you're raring to go. You can you can do it. All right, I'm uh, hit me up. I will teach them to fear the darkness in which they dwell and to dread the shadows they believe their allies. For there is no greater terror haunting the Stygian void than the Lion of Caliban. Such is the power of Nagash. Come on, this is so <laughs> arrogant. <laughs> oh my uh, god. And then Very he yelled Johnson all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he, he lioned all over my Johnson. Oh, no. oh that's even worse. <laughs> that's actually, that's definitely worse. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, John, no. we'll see. Oh, stop it, boys. Nice. Stop. Right. Okay, <laughs> before things devolve further. So now we're getting on to the Framas Crusade era, which is basically the entire Dark Angels involvement of the Horus Heresy, for the most part. Um, so Horus is now going, okay, everyone knows I've turned traitor. Um, the lion is going to must, he's mustered at Diamat. Perti's coming over. We'll close, we'll close off the galaxy when Perti's gotten through like this point. We'll trap, you know, the word bearers will trap Ultramar, the Ultramarines, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, everyone with the Ruin Storm. Cool. They're going to get through eventually. I need to distract them. So in the wake of Istvan 5's drop site massacre, the Warmaster goes, Curse, do you mind doing me a favor? Could you just go and mess with the Dark Angels? And Curse being a dick, he just goes, Fine, that sounds good. I like doing that. I'll go and troll the Dark Angels. And that's all he does for three years. He just goes to the Framas Crusade, uh, the Framas Sixth Fist the system, and harasses the Dark Angels. Um, this happens for three years. It takes three years, almost three years, for the Dark Angels to finally, you know, get back into the main part of the war effort uh there's a point at the culmination of the the night angels and uh night angels night lords and dark angels fighting where they they parlay and the two primarchs meet each other to see if they can just you know oh i love this moment conclude. it's good um so, so both primarchs meet each other with two of their like seconds i believe uh Kurz has sevatar and is it sheng shang or is it is it sh yeah Shang 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 his equerry I think his equerry yeah and course um, and Corsewain accompanies the lion which is his paladin his seneschal and Alahos who I believe is the original uh, first chapter master of the Dark Angels um, who's been there since the beginning long story short Corsewain says that Jago Sevatarian's mum slept with pigs or something along those lines <laughs> to try and rile him up uh, Kerr says yeah you're Lion, you're you're rubbish, eh? Can't even war master. Ugh. And they have a big fight. Uh Kurz is one of the best fighters of all the Primarchs. He's really good at scraps. And like mentioned earlier, he nearly kills the lion, but Corswain, after Alahos is slain by the other two Night Lords, Corswain like impales uh Kurz through the spine. He backstabs him with the entirety of his sword, uh, then gets swatted aside like a fly. And then eventually the Night Lords, Dark Angels, en masse, rush to their defense and they pull them from the battle. Um, There's a really cool moment in it, isn't there, where they're both speaking because the only reason they're meeting is because Kerr says, the only reason I'm allowing this to happen is because I chose mm -hmm. this meeting. And the lion even yeah. says, I, I don't know if I'm 
quoting it correctly, but I think he says, I once thought of you as my closest brother. No one else grew up alone. Like there's something, mm. because they yeah. both grew up like literally not seeing human or Curse saw humans, but he kind of devoured them rather than uh, spoke yeah, to them. They're, they're the most primal primarchs, shall we say. And the, they ooh, just primal primarchs. There you go. <laughs> they just grew up in the wilderness alone. And then he, uh, the lion says, um, you have to forgive me. And Kirk goes, what? And he just literally stabs him. He says, for this dishonorable yeah. blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he starts off with like, again, he's honorable, but he's not beyond like, I need to get this done. And that's kind of one of his... He dreams. also doesn't understand... He still doesn't actually know why the heresy has happened. He doesn't... Yeah. Like, the actual chaos part is not really revealed. He just thinks it's, yeah. like, civil war. He, he doesn't realise there's, there's another element to it yet. The line. Yeah, he thinks it's just, like, humans versus humans. We're going to dethrone the emperor. He doesn't realise that Horus has been corrupted or anything. He's just like, oh, he's just turned... Tra- he's, he's, he's a traitor. Ugh, yuck. Just despite um, being a man who likes to keep secrets and doesn't sh- <laughs> doesn't share much, even if he wanted to yeah um so the the night lords retreat and they do this a lot the night lords retreat uh dark angels then busy themselves on the planet of perditas which is during 008.m31 there's a conflict going on between the iron hands and the death guard led by callus typhon now again lion doesn't know about chaos he doesn't know why they're fighting he doesn't know what's going on but he 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 uh, he claims he, he takes away an ancient device from the Death Guard Death Guard called the Tuchalcha Engine, um, which is we've mentioned briefly before. Uh, but it's like a it's like a weird child astropath trifecta of beings, dark allow, age of technology, sort of yeah, ancient, we- really ancient weird device. Weird tech it's a MacGuffin allow- essentially. Yeah, yeah, but it allows the Dark Angels to create temporal rifts for their ships to transport themselves through space and time um so they they enhance their warp jumping capabilities and they manage to travel through the warp but as soon as they get through the warp they get their first instance of dealing with the immaterium and demons swarm the dark angels fleet now they're already a little bit battered from the framas crusade uh, opening stages and now they've got demons everywhere and at this point, the Council of Nikea has decreed no librarians there are naughty. And, you know, they're trying to shoot the demons. It's not doing much. They're, they're stabbing them with swords, which is working a bit better. The lion goes, we, we, could, we could use some librarians. This seems like their kind of thing. You know, weird, wibbly-wobbly space dust thingies. Like, we, need, we need our boys in the hoods. And so he goes, let's, let's, let's just this once. Let's just make the librarians a thing again. And Chaplain Nemiel, who is... An OG from the or- Night Order days, uh, alongside his cousin Zahariel, says, um, "Sorry there, Dad. Um, Jimmy Space said, no, no to psychers in the uh, in the Legionnaires of Astartes. That's heresy." So the lion backhands him and, like, upon striking him in the helmet, like decapitates him. Just goes like, "Ooh!" And then he just like severs his head. He goes, "No, my decision. Never talk back to Daddy." And he just decapitates him with like his fist. Um, the first disloyal dark angel. Oh, yeah. But but again, like I, I know it's one of the main contentious issues people have with the line who don't like him. They say he 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 was just saying like no, we shouldn't. He doesn't he doesn't try to shoot the line. He, he just goes no. The emperor said this was a bad boof. Oh, Nemuel's dead. Okay. Um, and he also is in like the first dark angels book. It's it's from the perspective of Zahariel and Nemuel. As they're like growing up on Caliban and then they become a starty. So it's quite an interesting thing that 
he's a really interesting character and then he gets bumped off in the next Dark Angels but like oh well there goes Nemuel um, and within the, the warp uh, the lion is confronted by a greater demon known as Kairos Fateweaver who attempts to, to turn the lion to the traitor cause of chaos to which the lion uh, uh, he responds by impaling the, <laughs> the Fateweaver with his sword and Kairos Fateweaver is a cinch demon. He's all about, he knows the future, etc. And I believe the, the lion quips while he's impaled the demon. He says, did you foresee that coming? And then pulls the sword. Oh, nice. Like, oh, so really sassy. Oh, he also can't great. corrupt him, can he? Can he? Because uh, um, there's, there's nothing. There was something about, they, they couldn't offer him anything. Like Chaos couldn't offer mm. him anything because the only thing the lion wanted was to serve the emperor. Yeah. Because I know Dawn is, is, in his nature, he's physically incorruptible. Like, there's just nothing you can do to, to, to switch Dawn. It's like one of his char character traits. But the lion, there's just nothing in it for him. Like, he could possibly, potentially, he could be t changed, but, like, there's no reason for him to. Like, what am I going to do? Like, betray the Emperor, the guy who I've done all this work for, who I want to appoint me as the new War Master? Doesn't make sense. So he's like, no. Uh, sword in the gut. Impale you in the heart. Um... If you're having a, a conversation you disagree with, you can always impale your foe with your sword. Um, Don't take that advice. That's not. Uh, you heard it here first on yes. You go if you go to the office and someone's giving you lip, bring your sword. Right. Bring your um, tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's out of well. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on quickly from Hal's horrendous comments. Um, they they manage to travel to Sagwalza, which is also, I believe, inside the Framas sector. And once again, the Night Lords, like a Saturday night, you know, cartoon villain, pop up to to combat the Dark Angels. And like I mentioned earlier, they lose a quarter of their fleet in the engagement. Uh, so big, big L for the for the Night Lords. Um, as a last desperate means of like resolving the war in their favor, they attempt to board the Invincible Reason. So Kurz grabs his Atramentar, the first company. Diego Sevatarian's by his side, and they just go, well, let's go kill the lion on his bridge. That's that's the best thing we can do. It was horribly wrong. Um, they, Apart from Kurz, everyone who boarded the Vengeful Spirit gets either killed or captured, including Diego Sevatarian. And uh, the Night Lord's fleet retreats before they get even more battered. And Kurz just, just starts roaming the, the Vengeful Spirit and harassing the Dark Angels while they're in the mess hall, etc. It's quite funny when you think, you know that like cartoon with the, the puppets where it's like, he's on the walls! He's on the <laughs> goddamn walls! That's that's Kurz at this point in the story. An actual nightmare. Um, and uh, after that, um, because the Ruined Storm is still preventing the Dark Angels from getting anywhere fast, they, they hear that Rebute Gilliman, Primarch of the Ultramarines, is making a contingent empire because the the loyalists on this side of space they don't realize what's going on out, outside the ruin storm they're not getting any communications and they're starting to worry maybe the emperor's dead like lion's been fighting for three years against the night lords they've been stuck in this place where they can't do anything they're like three years is a long time we already know there were four traitor legions they might have gotten to terror and, and killed dad so gilliman says i know we'll make a second empire just a, as a contingency called imperium secundus and the Blood Angels are there, the Dark Angels are there, the Ultramarines are there with their Primarchs. Sanguinius becomes the Emperor-elect. Illuman becomes the um, is it, uh, Lord Commander. Yep. And the yep. Lion becomes Lord Protector. So you've kind of got the um, 
a triumvirate. The king, the king, the administrator, and the executioner, almost. And um, at this point, Kurz looks at Ultraman and goes, oh, this is ripe for a little bit of murder. And he escapes the vengeful spirit. <laughs> so as soon as the Dark Angels meet Gilliman, it's like, oh, by the way, we've accidentally unleashed Kurz upon your homeworld. Sorry about that. Which um, he kept secret because the lion doesn't tell anybody anything. Well, yeah, he doesn't doesn't tell him until the bodies start piling up. He's like, this looks a lot like um, something Kurz would do. And the lion's like... Oh, G- Gilliman was pissed. He, he was very cross. He was um, so he was not happy with the lion. They don't get on, to be honest, which will be interesting. Yeah. in the future. Oh, that, that's why the new the new reveal of him returning is going to be so interesting because they already they already had a fracturous relationship. Um, they don't dislike each other. They're just very. They have different methods, and uh, oh, very. That's where they can conf- different. They can conflict there. Isn't the quote when they meet up? It's like Gilliman's like. Uh, have you come to censor me for what I've done? Like Lehman? Yeah, he's instantly on the defensive. Yeah, or for for doing something. He's like, did you think I've turned traitor? And the lion's like, oh, Gilliman, you've done something much worse. Yeah, he, he he's instantly like, oh, the lion's come to tell me off. <laughs> I'm trying to do something good. And the lion's like, big brother is coming over to give me a spank, you know. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sometimes as the oldest, you need to beat the shit out of your younger siblings, all right? All right. I'm the youngest of my family, so I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Oh, God, I'm the This is our youngest child. I'm the oldest. This is the youngest child. We call him Vic, short for victim. Oh, no. Anyway, so with Kurz absolutely causing catastrophic death and destruction across uh, McCrag. The lion is tasked with, right, it's your, your problem, your lord protector, sort it out. So he goes and tries to apprehend him several times, Kurz messes up uh, Alexis Pollux and the, uh, the, the, the Pharos project to an extent on McCrag. He tries to kill Gilliman's mum, he does all sorts of stuff. Um, long story short, eventually, uh, the lion manages to capture Kurz. He finally gets to like in chains and go right. Take you to trial. Uh, he takes him before Sanguinius and uh, Gilliman and an assemblage of people in a court. Uh, Kurz starts telling Gilliman, "Oh, did you know that the lion bombarded your own citizens to try and flush me out and stuff?" And Gilliman's like, "What?" And they come to blows almost. Uh, Gilliman takes the lion sword from uh, Lionel Johnson and breaks it across his knee. Um, and with that action says, right, Imperium Secundus is over. Get out. And before the lion can actually depart from Ultramar, he he has uh, Kurz in... Uh, he, he leaves Kurz with Sanguinius to be executed, and he's like, I don't know, there's something bugging me. And he realizes that Kurz, before he's being executed, kept going, no, this isn't how I'm supposed to die. I'm supposed to be killed by the Emperor's assassin. And the lion goes, well, if, the, if it's the Emperor's assassin, the the Emperor must be alive. Oh sh- and then he goes to like stop Sanguinius and Gilliman from killing Kurz and is like wait 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 he can see into the future you can see into the future you've told me that you're going to die at the hands of Horus you've told me that the Emperor's assassin tries to kill you we've got to try and get to Terra dad's still alive and then the three of them like a like a weird road trip movie assemble their legions and prepare to try and breach the ruin storm now before we go any further uh, Eli I have a quote for you this uh this encapsulates the lion's uh the lion's interactions with uh Rebute Gilliman. Are you ready? Ooh, I am indeed, sir. Here you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Insult me again, brother, and theoretically, I will punch you in your practical face. That's amazing. That's funny. I like it's that. Epic. As much as I like Gilliman, that's better. <laughs> you know, I think that's the second time Gilliman's been like just completely clowned on, like verbally by a Primark. <laughs> I think Lorgar was like, have you lost oh, your temper man. during Calth? And Gilliman says, oh, like, got him like a fish, and Lorgar just goes, you have lost your temper. Yeah. It's interesting as well, because <laughs> when they uh, when they meet on the crag, the lo- Gilliman actually says to the lion, like, when they're forming Imperium Secundus, he says, I need to stop thinking about the uh, the symbol, the lion, because he says, he admits, like, all of them are a little bit like, intimidated by him and his legend, because the lion is definitely the Oh, that's, that's like the older brother who goes to college and then he's like come back a different person. It's like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of go, Whoa. he comes back when the house is on fire and goes, what's been going on since I've yeah. been gone? So uh, it's funny that they're all intimidated by him and then he just says, I'm going to punch you in your practical face. It's like, oh, that's, less, that's definitely not intimidating. Now I know you're human. And uh, that's one of my favorite quotes. Um, and with that, yeah. And also the Dark Angels... Um, and the Ultramarines and the Blood Angels with that book, it's it's interesting seeing how they interact because they, they don't, like the Blood Angels get on alright with the the Ultramarines there's a few Space Wolves, they're like, oh they're annoying but they're here and there's a couple of White Scars and then the Dark Angels turn up and they're like shifty guys, I don't like them hmm. um, anyway, so the Free Primarchs and their legions, they go to Darwin, which is where Horus was first corrupted and they manage to find answers, they, they have like Kurs chained uh, and they kind of like all four of them journey to like the temple where Horus was first corrupted by chaos, and they go, "Oh, what's going on?" They trigger the 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 the, the planet, or the I think it's the moon of Darwin, the moon to do to destroy itself after they visit, and there's loads of demons, and everything's going wrong. And Sanguinius knows I've got to get to Terra. That's where I'm fated to die, but I've got to try and kill Horus. Um, with uh, the aid of Gilliman and the lion, they manage to to make a a very brief gap in the ruin storm for the blood angels fleet to pass through they manage to get sanguinius through they're like great sanguinius is going to make it to holy terror much faster than we are pack your bags everyone we're going to terror now the ultramarines fighting horus is terrifying enough the ultramarines with the dark angels is the two least damaged legions coming to to clap their traitor war effort and um if they'd have not been prevented from getting to uh to terror by the ruin storm or slowed down by it it would have easily just dominated the traitors um but by the time the dark angels and line there are a few dark angels fighting on the siege of terribly like corswain i think they were like an advanced party but when the lion brings his full might to holy terror it's too late the um the emperor has already been interred upon the golden throne everything is dreadful the war master is dead i guess Sanguinius is know, dead Sanguinius is dead yeah um it's dread like oh and the lion's thinking oh there goes my job application i'm never going to be war master now um <laughs> so, this, this is the most pressing concern i have pretty much my job um, security is unclear i think yeah. so, <laughs> so, so he go- doesn't he roam the halls of terror like just screaming in rage mm, he's very upset about it um because he failed because again because again think about like imagine again like a job imagine if you gave everything to a job like mm. let's say 50 i gave 50 years to my job <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just went bankrupt and it's like no job security it's over and you're like Gah! no what the hell 
Um, my retirement. <laughs> my retirement plan. Spent twenty years going for a job, and then the headquarters gets glassed by the Covenant. <laughs> uh, that's probably how um, the inhabitants of Reach felt. Like I've just done a startup. Wait, what's that in the sky? Oh no! I just joined the Marines. I'm so excited. Slip space rupture detected. <laughs> <laughs> just that non-stop for like 10 minutes just like slip skate slip 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 and just ship 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 oh no yeah um so anyway the sulky lion uh he goes oh, i've had enough of this i need to clear my head i'm gonna go back to caliban i'm gonna think about what's happened i need i need i need i need a mochaccino and i need to just sit in my study on caliban and figure out what to do i need a gap here and the lion goes back to caliban the, the entirety of the Horus Heresy, for the most part, Luther's been, like, doing some things here and there. Like, he, he hides the Death Guard from Corswain's fleet when the when the, the Seneschal of the Lion is trying to hunt down Callus Typhon's fleet, which he, he, he sneakily goes, oh, we'll make an alliance with the, the smelly uh, flyman. That's okay, before he's too smelly. And he's been doing little things here and there, but the main thing he's been doing is fortifying Caliban. So as soon as the Lion gets back, they just gun them out of the sky. So the lion's already not having a good time, and he comes back to his homeworld, only to, as soon as he appears, be fired upon. And he goes, what is this? And so the lion takes his death, guard, uh, death wing, he takes the raven wing, he takes every wing of every feather of every wing down to Caliban to see what's going on and stop them from shooting him. And the lion finds Luther within the fortress monastery of Alderuk, which is the fortress monastery of Caliban, and he has changed. He's bitter, he's he's taller in stature, and he's emanating power because deep within, I believe, the vaults of Caliban's Fortress Monastery, he's found a book of chaos. He's been having a quick bit of bedtime reading every now and then, and he has been chosen by chaos to be one of their champions. And surprisingly, in the ensuing duel, uh, the lion gets defeated by Luther. He gets bested by his his former foster father. But before Luther can bring himself to kill the lion, he, he has a moment of realization. He goes, what was the point? What am I doing? He's my son. I'm an idiot. And he, he stays his hand. And the, 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 the everyone's favorite little um, 40k Jawas, the Watchers in the Dark, they, 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 they reveal themselves to Luther and they're like, well, this is a bit of a pickle. And he goes, yeah, you're telling me. And they take the lion and they they hide him deep deep within the fortress monastery and they put him in a deep slumber now one thing that's been confirmed with the reveal of the lion coming back he wasn't put in stasis like gilliman he was put in a stasis coffin he was basically like frozen kind of like austin powers but better looking or han solo and, or han solo in carbonite the lion was put in a slumber which is not the same thing so he's been gradually aging and that's why he looks and so old that's why he's an Tywin old man. Lannister. That's why, that's why he is Charles Dance. Um, I like it though. I think it looks cool though. Yeah, it's good. I like it. it. I really like the design. He looks. It's a sh I, I it's hate. I hate his design in like on the cover of Ruinstorm, where he's got like like a weird like shaven head thing going on. He looks a bit pudgy. Like, what is this? Where's his long flowing locks? That's that's rubbish. Um, and anyway, um, so Ooh, yeah. Luther Luther is um is Ooh. he now goes. I'm going to reject chaos. I don't want any of that chaos stuff anymore. He writes his 95 thesis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then nails it to Gilliman's door. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
And yeah, like Chaos are not happy about Luffy going, um, return to sender all my Chaos powers. And so they, they have a hissy fit and they go, right, Warp Storm it is. And they send a Warp Storm to destroy Caliban. Uh, Caliban is destroyed and yet Alderook manages su to survive. And deep within Alderook, uh, Luffy is imprisoned. The lion is kept in secret by the Watchers in the Dark, slumbering. And the Dark Angels manage to build a vessel out of the corpse, the husk of Caliban, known as the Rock, which is one of the biggest vessels in 40k. It rivals the Phalanx, which is the Imperial Fist's big ship from the Dark Age of Technology. It's huge. It's, it's kind of, of ugly, but, you know, it's big. It's a big ship. It's um, like a craft world for humans. Kind it's of. like a weird, like, like Imperium Space Hulk, almost. It, it's weird. I guess Space um, Hulk is a better word, yeah. Well, either, either way. Um, so Lu Luther is now... Um, very much a traitor in the eyes of the Dark Angels. So for uh, 10 millennia, they, they torture him. Um, it's not for like a full 10,000 years. They kind of put him in like a, a weird time prison where for him it feels like a week. And like if you if you read or listen to his uh, book, Lufa, um, there's like several supreme grandmasters of the Dark Angels like check in with him. And he keeps going like, oh, there's another one must have died. There's a new one now. And they keep asking him questions and interrogating him. And for what feels like a week for him has been a thousand years. And one of them comes down and says, right, so why did you betray the lion? That's not a very, that's not a very sane thing to do, is it, mate? What are you thinking? And um, until eventually Azrael is like, all right, I'm the new guy. Um, not really sure what to think about you. Our, our records are not very well kept. And eventually... Um, a fallen angel uh, army invade the rock and they manage to break Luther free. So he's now out of jail. He's somewhere at large in the galaxy. And very recently, very recently, a lion has awoken from his very Ooh. long 10,000 year slumber and he is not happy. Um, he is not armed with the lion sword, but he has a new one and he's got the emperor's shield. And he now stalks the galaxy, hunting the forces of chaos. He is already being revered among little backwater worlds as the cowled giant or the unforgiving knight. And from there, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the lion. Any predictions, fellas? I have a theory that he's not going to properly return, but more be like a wandering uh, kind of in it. There's a, there's a thing about they've already mentioned where his presence is like like creepy like wooded thorn and vines like really? sprout from where he is so i reckon he's become somewhat more it, it, like you know the watchers in the dark they're not really warp creatures there's something about that and he's a little bit more arthurian legend uh, so he's so he's a wood so he's a wood elf now yeah, <laughs> basically, it reminds me a lot of Fenris, he's, where he's its own homeworld has its own weird, like magical stuff. Like, like oh, the heart so, of Caliban. So they're making him worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I was wondering: um, we know about the um, the Great Rift, the Cicatrix Maledictum. Is it going to be Lion on one side and Rebute on the other? Like, I'm not exactly sure where the split kinda, is between Caliban. I kind of hope they don't do that because I like that they put Dante, who is... I mean, he took the Primaris upgrade, but he is, by all accounts, just a regular space marine. Mm. I kind of hope they don't just give it to the lion, because otherwise it's like, oh, cool. So, so the space <laughs> is okay. Right? He, just like, he just smacks Dante, goes, I'm in charge now. Just because just <laughs> just Primarchs, by their nature, just kind of 
overshadow everyone else, which, like, you know, Luther, yeah. we talked about that. So I kind of hope that the Lion, if he's not exactly like you said, Hal, he's he's much more like a mobile response unit where he just goes around <laughs> dealing with problems. Dispatching the uh, Lion Task Force. <laughs> yeah, rather than like, yeah, I'm in he's charge like the, now, everyone. <laughs> I just found a fault. He's like the dog, the bounty hunter of 40k. <laughs> he even looks like him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he's he just roaming the galaxy like, stuff. I'm taking you to justice. Mm-hmm. I have uh, oh, one last thing to wrap up on. Colin who wins the lion or the green knight from Warhammer fantasy right, well, the lion the lion hey. oh. uh i mean i don't know i do like giles the breton is the only one that i like Guy, Guy de Breton i'm not the least uh he's, he's the least bretonian of all the bretonians yeah and and as i've said helps he's dead and the only good bretonian is a dead one it's a dead one. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, there were I did have a few things I'd like to mm-hmm. end off on, if everyone is okay with that. Go for it, go for it. Fair enough. Uh, one, I would just like to say, I love his mini. Uh, the last like few years, I feel like GW's had a bit of a problem with 40k, and that the minis are a tad over-designed. Like, mm-hmm. Space Marines have a habit of being more purity seal and highlights than actual armor. Uh, but the line is not... Your purity seals. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the lion's armor is, you know, it has stuff on it. He's a Primarch, but mm. it's very, like, not barren, but it's not, like, it's a clean. nightmare. Or Yeah, it's very clean. It's very pristine. It's very, like, and Spartan. And there's very nice things, like there's incorporation of a bit of the fallen color pattern. There's a bit of the Caliban one. There's the, there's the swords. There's the cowl. There's the helmet. There's all these things to make. There's a little bit of flair, but it's very subtle, um, which I like Ooh, as well. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the other, one of the second thing is, uh, I kind of, I don't know if it will happen, but I hope, like, Gilm and the Lion don't have a fight. Like, what I think my ideal hope would be, like, they meet, and the Lion's ready for, Gilliman's gonna be Gilliman. But (laughs) Gilliman just doesn't have it in him anymore, because I I think that'd be a really good humanizing moment for Gilliman, because he's so worn down by the hell he's been running by himself for mm. a couple hundred yeah. years now especially with that and 10th edition trailer where he's just there yeah yeah Victory. and it'd be a good way to you know kind of bring the lion up to speed in a way of like oh my god gilliman is mm-hmm. has always done everything like well, i don't always like it but he's always put 110 <laughs> percent in like his own thing keeping things going one way it's or the another idea of the lion he's so- gilliman's back and he's just like there there it's yeah, and, and Gilman in front of him. <laughs> Gilman's just like, I'm for dying. <laughs> and uh, and then the last thing to end off on is something I've been holding in for about an hour now. Uh, oh. Could it could it be said that in Caliban as a child, in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the yeah. lion sleeps? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's a good place to end it. To be fair, because we'll have to <laughs> smack our head against the wall. Um, I was going to ask, uh, would you guys mind if I read out the uh, poem, The Dark Angel? Oh, yeah. from, uh, oh, go for it, Johnson. Go for it. The nice little way to round it off. I'll also say as well, uh, next week, boys, we're d- this is properly next week, will be Farsight Enclave, <laughs> so yep. please check that out. Also, like and subscribe, because we need that, uh, because we need to eat. <laughs> uh, uh, other than that, uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll end it with a nice bit of poetry from our our boy Andy. Andy, take it away. So this is The Dark Angel by Lionel Johnson. Dark angel, with thine aching lust, 
to rid the world of penitence. Malicious angel, who still dost, my soul such subtile violence. Because of thee no thought, no thing, abides for me, undesecrate. Dark angel, ever on the wing, who never reachest me too late. When music sounds, then changest thou, its silvery to a sultry fire. Nor will thine envious heart allow, delight tortured by desire. Through thee the gracious muses turn, to furies, O mine enemy, and all the things of beauty burn with flames of evil ecstasy. Because of thee, the land of dreams, becoming a gathering place of fears, until tormented slumber seems on vehemence of useless tears. When sunlight glows upon the flowers, or ripples down the dancing sea, thou, with thy troop of passionate powers, eligorest, bewilderest me. Within the breath of autumn woods, within the winter silences, thy venomous spirit stirs and broods, O master of impieties. The ardour of red flame is thine, and thine the steely soul of ice. A poisonest, the fair design of nature with unfair device. Apples of ashes, golden bright, waters of bitterness, how sweet, O banquet of a foul delight, prepared by thee, dark paraclete. Thou art the whisper in the gloom, the hinting tone, the haunting laugh. Thou art the adorner of my tomb, the minstrel of mine epitaph. I fight thee in the holy name. Yet what thou dost is what God saith. Temper, should I escape thy flame, I wilt have helped my soul from death. The second death that never dies, that cannot die when time is dead. Live death, wherein the lost soul cries, eternally uncomforted. Dark angel with thine aching lust, of two defeats, of two despairs, less dread, a change of drifting dust, and thine eternity of cares. Do what thou wilt. Thou shalt not so, dark angel triumph over me, lonely unto the lone I go, divine to the divinity. There we go. That was the dark nice. angel. The lion returns, boys. Very cool. The lion returns. That's very dark angel-y. Mm. I can see where they got it from. I'd argue it's the epitome of dark angel-y. Mm -hmm. mm. Secrets and I lies. Lion's actually probably, he's very different than the 40k Dark Angels, come to mm. think of it. The 40k Dark Angels are very edgy and cool. I don't think the Lion's <laughs> that edgy compared to them, at least. But is he cool? He is cool. Rule of cool always wins. Exactly. So, well, uh, thank you so much, boys. Uh, I think we definitely, uh, we now know you're not Lion. Why the, I don't want to do the Vine <laughs> reference, sorry. Yeah, okay. Uh... Thank you so much for listening, uh, people. Hope you enjoyed. Obviously, The Lion Returns. It's a big moment for Warhammer. And next week, we're going to hit you up with some uh, Farsight Enclaves, a bit of Xenos love. You know, Xeno, Xeno. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next time. Peace. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye, everyone.